Hi, listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a decision that stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans, a decision that could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help, P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I am the coolest GM you know, Stace Babcock. And we're actually cleaning the Sky podcast this week. You know, there's a flow here, Daniel. You do it so well. I'm not sure how, but I will try to emulate. That said, good sir, with me tonight is you, Daniel. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Daniel Anderlich. I'll be playing Professor Perilous, your reformed villain, who only looks reformed if you squint and tilt your head at it. And uh, Stace, um, obviously you haven't heard it yet, but just you know, as we all expressed in our last one shot, you're our hero. Yes. Oh, Oh, gee, wow. Thanks, guys. I'm blushing. And along with Daniel, tonight we have here Alex Finn. I am going to be playing the easily corruptible Steven, who is very reluctant to do this superhero thing. So I guess the professor is kind of pulling him down the gray. Well, it's not exactly gray. It's more like an off black road of pseudo heroing. So uh, when even Steven got flung out of the battle to take four points of damage and then crawled back up to the hill to find the battle over, did that make even Steven happy or sad? Very happy because what people don't know is even Stephen was waiting for the battle to be over to be like oh no i just got here and oh and it's over <laughs> darn missed it <laughs> also with us is samson davis hi i'm playing a psychic wolf yay so think about that does alpha wave have like a star or diamond like on their forehead like in a different fur color no but i was kind of playing with like when he gets like super amp super psychic like a kind of purple crystal starts to like materialize between his eyes kind of floating above his head oh absolutely oh i thought he was gonna become a unicorn i think that's maybe like a tier four and above kind of thing maybe don't know yet just in case samson could you say that again because i definitely heard something clack what part do i need to repeat because i wasn't paying attention well now i've forgotten sorry editing dan i don't know what i need to repeat that's all right but do you know what is worth repeating how awesome diehard dice is Diehard Dice. Those are words I said. They're an online purveyor of high-quality polyhedral clickety-clacks. They come in metals and acrylics, and in so many colors, you'll be shocked that you didn't know any of them. Go on their website, start browsing through. You're going to find a dice set that you're going to fall in love with, and you're going to buy it. And when you do, you should use our code EXPLORERSWANTED and get 10% off your order. You're getting high-quality dice for a little bit cheaper, and you're supporting your absolute favorite podcast that you would absolutely die for, Explorers Wanted. That's right. Explorers want to check out. So 
Alex, what happened last time? Oh, anyway, there we were, sitting in a tunnel. Well, not really sitting, but Stephen awoke where he realized, wait a second, why are we here in this tunnel apparently being ants? Anyway, Stephen, because he's a wasp, realized it first. I'm just, that's what I'm assuming. And for a second, I was just like, oh, was Stephen secretly one of those terrifying ground wasps that are the size of my middle finger? And every time I see them, I think I'm going to die? Yeah, no, Stephen just knew that it felt wrong. It was like an ant thing, not a wasp thing. Unless you're that ground wasp, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after unsuccessfully trying to awaken the professor, Stephen turned to the next option, which was Al, and successfully woke Al with the stench of Stephen. Yeah. And can't we just say, such a good doggo. Yes. Such a good boy. Goddamn right. Gets all the scritches. Fuck yeah. And after they both unsuccessfully tried to waken Professor, we decided violence was the answer and bit him in the ass. Mm -hmm. Didn't work. So we threw him in a cart and escaped, which kind of worked because he could still dig while in the cart. And then once we were out of the tunnel, Professor was released from the spell, realized their ass was bleeding, and onslaughted the cart they were inside. I, the player Alex, was kind of hoping it would rebound him to the, his face, but did not. Just injured a bunch of civilians. That's sort of Professor Perilous's M.O. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then once we... Collateral damage. Yeah. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. That's why the professor has insurance. Nobody else does. Yeah. Mm. Liability insurance. Yeah. <laughs> also pet insurance. Steven's going to try and make this a worker's comp issue at work. Um, so one... At, at Steven's office job. Yes. At the evil bomb yes. factory. Just to fall out a window or something. Yep. We were just like, I guess we're leaving. And then the ground exploded at us, throwing Stephen away from the fight, which is exactly where Stephen wanted to be. So that left Al and Professor to duke it out and murder this cursed individual. I'm not sure if we're letting you know that, listener, but they were cursed. They had a backstory. It was going to be really amazing for us to find out, but we murdered them. So I had a voice and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you prep for this? How dare you? <laughs> we were the baddies all along. And after murdering a good plot point, we were like, fuck it. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> and after terrorizing a food court and their innocent employees, we were like, oh, there's more of the ant people here. You know, what? fuck it. Let's go back to this little hole and regroup. And then we ended with the professor going to take a shower. We open up on the professor taking a shower. Mm. Yep, and just as a note, it seemed like the further you got away from the anthill, the control seems kind of variable. Like, the, the mall seemed pretty normal there for a minute. People are moving a little bit more loosely down the street. But it seems to be getting more regimented over time. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Samson? I think this might be a good time to let listeners know what went down with Prince Rugi. Yeah, so not long after the events of the first two Claim the Sky episodes when we got back from the tower that we totally did not knock down but we totally did not not knock mm -hmm. down yes shortly after those events a another mole person suddenly tunneled up into the swole hole and after a short 
but weirdly passionate exchange of like yips and barks and growls is kind of like mole person language. Uh, Rookie turned to the other two and explained that apparently his cousin was attempting a military takeover of Metamore, the capital city of the new mole republic. And Prince Rookie and this other person need to go and shut that shit down. And that was a couple weeks ago, I think. An indeterminate amount of time between issues. Yeah. Just to keep the timeline loosey-goosey, mm-hmm. you know, just in cases. So there's this giant hole uh, in the middle of the living room of the swell hole. And within the hole, you hear that same rhythmic crunch thump noise of, of the workers digging in the tunnels. So there is, in fact, a swell hole in the swell hole. Yes. Okay. It's yes, a mole it's hole in the swell hole. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's worse somehow. It is a mole hole in the swole hole. The sound stops and you hear like a screeching, crunching noise. And then over the edge of the hole, uh, Brittany appears dragging a metal garbage can full of dirt behind her. And without really acknowledging any of you, drags it along wear marks that have been worn into the floor back into the sleeping area. And you hear the sound of dirt being dumped out and of a garbage can scraping back along the floor back towards the hole. Whose room is she dumping this in? I feel like it's got to be Rookie's. I feel like now Stephen is infinitely less worried. Like, oh, he, that that's fine. There's probably already dirt in there. To be clear, Professor Perilous is still in the shower. He's taking his time. He usually uses a whiskey-scented soap, but instead he is using a eucalyptus and scented <laughs> soap to help cover the, the flavor and also clear out his sinuses and the smells there. It's one of those showers so it, like, he is making the use of every last bit of hot water in the base. I feel like Al and Steven are hearing the occasional like yelps of pain as like soap and hot water gets into the bite wound. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. Just to hear. And it's just, it's not as much hot water. It's all the hot water, but it's not as much hot water as Professor Perilous needs, would like. Mm, fair. Haven't upgraded the water tank yet, or the, the water heater yet. Can we take uh, recovery rolls, perhaps up to oh, 10 minutes? Yeah, or is yeah, Professor can... Perilous like an hour kind of shower? Oh, he's going to take his time, as much time as he can get. I would assume we could get up to an hour if we wanted to. Well, then we're all recovered. That's up to Stace, though. I like how we're just ignoring this. Oh, no, I mean, that's up to you guys if you want to rest right now. Okay, see what I get. So my first one is... I'm just doing to 10 minutes. As you rest, Brittany continues to... I know. Fill the garbage can up with dirt, drag it up over the hole, take it somewhere in the back, dump it out. Are you guys trying to sleep in your beds? Al is on the couch in the living room watching Brittany go up and down the, the hole. Ostensibly staying guard. Steven is trying to sleep in his bed. I have used my up to my 10 minute recovery roll. Unless we're sleeping for 10 hours or 8 hours or rather, in which case then we all reset. I doubt we're going to wait that long. Even we're not that bad, are we? Well, someone's like walking in and out of our place. What's Brittany? It's our like property manager or like our liaison with the wider hero world. He's like your office manager slash operations support. She came with the franchise. She's probably underpaid for the amount of actual responsibility she has. Mm-hmm. Absolutely she is. But she's like really passionate about it. It's one of those jobs she wanted, even though the pay sucks. 
Yeah, she's less like the house mom and more like the house stern third grade teacher. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that vibe. Yeah, but she keeps the fridge stacked with juice boxes, so. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Secretly an insane assassin. Secretly. <laughs> Not so secretly. I'm just thinking like superhero logic. Like, she's got to have like a secret life, right? Yeah. Not as far as you've noticed. We've demonstrated we don't notice much. <laughs> <laughs> like her endlessly yeah. performing, backbreaking hard labor right in front of you. Yep. As you rest. Not even offering to help her. But what's she doing now? I think whatever happens, Al is waiting for Professor Perilous to get out of the shower. And then if Professor Perilous like goes to bed after that, Al is just going to go down the hole by himself. Lone wolf it, as you could say. Not asking even Steven to come along. I don't think Al gets even Steven, so he's just kind of <laughs> like, if you come along, great, but... If you don't, you don't. Al kind of gets like, all right, so you're like Predator vibe, you can fly, that's super powerful, eagles are super powerful, but also you don't, so are you prey? Are you Predator? What the fuck are you, even Steven? No one knows. Yeah, I feel like even Steven is 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 like that that one guy you always have at your work who's like, likes the paycheck but doesn't like the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes kind of, it's awkward and... Makes you uncomfortable. I'm here to be here. Yep. <laughs> do not talk to me yep. outside of what you have to do. All right. Well, if no one else is doing anything, then Alpha Wave. What's up? Yeah. If Professor Perilous is turning in for the night or day, then... He will not let Alpha Wave go down there alone because he's a good boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does seem like, you know, becoming a superhero, however, however you come into your powers, does lend a, a certain, like, health and verve allowing you to endure more than the average person. But I would say that, yeah, Professor Perilous definitely senses that if the going got rough, then uh, then rest would be advised, mm-hmm. having the ability to rest quickly. Fair. Would Professor Perilous kind of express that to Alpha and Steven as well, I think? I think he would. Like, he's, he's pretty matter-of-fact. Like, he can be obnoxious, but, you know, he would probably present it as, listen, if we take some time, get some extra rest, we're going to be in a better position to solve this problem. It's not just because it's nice to sleep. It is a strategic decision. Like we clearly spent days working down there or at least an extensive amount of time considering that we've lost weight. The better we can be rested, the more likely that we are successful. Do you think that we'll be able to get, we'll get to rest? Do you think we'll wake up here or do you think we'll wake up back in that hole anyway? That is a valid question. That's something we should consider. Should we do, should we sleep in shifts in order to ensure that nobody gets up and tries to go? I don't think Stephen could stop either of us. So I think we need to go now, solve this problem now before another sunrise and sunset passes. Fair enough. You know what? And he kind of like reaches over and like pats your ear and kind of squishes it, kind of like taming your ears. And you know what? The good boy is right. Obviously. <laughs> and Alpha is absolutely wagging his tail, but. He's still very like, yeah, I know. Alex, I would like to offer you a GM intrusion. Yeah. <gasps> Who'd you like to give the other XP to? I feel like somebody used an XP, or is that me just being high on life? Uh, I used my XP that Dan gave me. Okay, so. then you can have this one as well. Ooh. All right, so while this rhythm kind of has been living in the back of Alpha Waves and Professor Perilous's heads, uh, kind of giving them the urge to move their body... It actually makes even Steven feel a little sick. 
It's that same sense of wrongness. Kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit every single time. And even so, it's been bearable up until this point. But suddenly, you notice an increased strength in this beat. And you realize, you know, on every single beat, there you almost feel like a pulse radiating out from the direction of the anthill. And you almost feel it physically throughout your body. And... Go ahead and give me a might defense roll of 15. Eh, I got a nine. All right. Even Steven, your your stomach curdles, you sweat, your joints begin to shake, and you hit your knees on the ground and begin vomiting everywhere. Whatever it was you had most recently eaten. If it wasn't a whole lot recently, if you didn't fill up at the food court... Then it's really a lot of racking dry heaves with, like, bile and stomach acid. It's really gross. And, you know, it puddles on the ground. And then you hear the... ...of the garbage can as Brittany walks and drags it through the vomit across the floor. And please take three my damage. Damn. Damn. Good thing we took those recovery rolls. Professor Perilous and Alpha Wave, you also notice an increased intensity. Okay, so I have training in magic. Uh-huh. Can I try to figure out more details about what this is? Yes, definitely. What's the target? Great question, Daniel. <laughs> I thought so. That's a 21. So 21, I'm trained. So that makes it an 18. I'll spend two levels of effort, make it a 12, and that is a 13. How does Professor Perilous kind of try to figure this out? I'm trying to, like, think about it in terms of magic that I've encountered in the past that affects minds and things like that. Trying to figure out if it's something that, if it's esoteric in that sense, like if there's some sort of, if it's some sort of influence I recognize where it might have come from. If it's something that's, like, purely a magical spell or if there's something more technological behind it. So... You get the sense that it's it's not magic, per se. Mm-hmm. You would say more just because you've, you've been exposed to, you know, psychic attacks and things like mm-hmm. that. You can get that flavor, but it also does have just the faintest tinge of technology. Mm-hmm. So more like what I might have dealt with with Minder or Brain Case if we were ever in conflict. Yes, but it feels almost... Like there's an additional wavelength, like like it's being emitted mm. or amplified. Interesting. Okay, I'll share what I've concluded with the rest of the group. Does it sound familiar at all to Alpha Wave? Specifically, does this sound like Brain Case? This isn't really Brain Case's MO, the sort of clockwork type of thing. Unless you disagree. It is your it is your backstory. That's totally fine. Brain Case is also dead as far as uh, Alpha is aware, so Yes. But it's also a comic book, so I don't know if <laughs> what is death except just a dramatic plot point. Oh, so you're asking specifically if it feels like his type of like psychic energy? Like if it's similar? Yeah, if it feels like this is some fuckery that he has implemented. No, it, no, it doesn't strike you like one of his projects that he may have had ongoing. Well, I don't think we're going to learn anything else until we are right in front of it, have it between our jaws. So let's get going. Fair enough. What do you think, Steven? I... <laughs> I guess we have to, like, this is now making me sick. 
and her... Tr- I feel bad letting her just drag this trash can through our swole hole. Like, she just dumps things in our swole hole, and I'm just... It's eventually going to be a problem. Let's go save her, and Alpha is running around the perimeter of the hole, burging on zoomies. Yeah. Look, he's so cute. Who's got the little zoomies? I have a snossage for a very good boy. Tied your hand immediately. Yeah. <laughs> a flash of psychic power in his mouth. Alpha goes down the hole. Alpha goes down the mole hole in the swole hole. And uh, as you descend, you see that there is a rather large tunnel here as though a mole person came came tunneling up. But it has been widened. And if you're walking down from the living room and heading in the direction of the tunnel... It starts to curve slightly downward and then continues to go downward. But at that point, it would seem that Brittany has started a new branch to a new tunnel. Mm. And if you guys want to figure out where that tunnel may be going, like heading towards, you can see the end of it. It's not complete. Then go ahead and give me like a like a navigation check of 12. I don't have anything, but I'll just give it a straight roll. 18. Okay. I really, I really don't. Five. Okay. Got seven. Will that help? So, Professor Perilous is the only one who notices that the tunnel does seem to be going off in the direction of the anthill. He'll share that. And it's not connected yet. Basically, Brittany is just kind of doing her own thing right now, trying to get to Mothership. Yeah, like, ultimately, she's only about, like, 25 or 30 feet into this tunnel because she had to widen out the the front section. Are there still tunnels that lead to wherever Prince Rugi went? Yes. Yeah. But they're, they're mole people dig very efficiently and I always imagine that they stick out their arms in front of them, right? And like, they make enough room for themselves. So the tunnel's there, but it's not easy to navigate. So Brittany had to widen it before she could dig her way towards the anthill. She bumps into Alpha Wave as she returns to the end of the tunnel and begins once again to pincer dirt into this trash can. Do we have to go by bus again? I mean, I'd rather not. I, I think we're walking this time. We could take the Odyssey. In this wall hole? Yeah, Steven, Steven's an excellent driver. You could just drive us back over to the entrance. Oh, I thought you wanted to go down the mole hole in this wall hole with the Honda Odyssey. No, I don't think we need to do that. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say that. Cars can't dig. That doesn't seem like a good idea for our car. Yeah, and we don't want to confuse Alpha Wave. He might try to chase it down the hole. I'm not going to chase it down the hole. Silly. Be trapped down here. I would need to chase it. <laughs> it saves some time digging a hole. Let's put it in. I guess we go to the Odyssey now. Yeah. As you walk up on the Odyssey, I mean, it's the same dented old girl that you remember, except she's got a sweet, sweet pair of her sweet, sweet set of new tires. You can still see, like, the little plastic nubs on the tread. Oh, so good. She looks good. Alpha takes shotgun so he can stick his head out the window. Alpha, you gotta wear your harness in the car. I don't. Yeah. I'll be fine. No. What if we get into an accident? Then you're just gonna go through the windshield. Put on your seatbelt harness. He'll be fine. Just drive Steven. And he, like, reaches over and he uses the auto windows to try to roll down Alpha Wave's window just a halfway so he can stick his head out. Alpha is going to be fumbling with the window switch the entire time, trying to get it to go down a bit more. When we get in a car accident, I told you so. We got attacked by a mud thing a little while ago. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and I have pet insurance, so we're, sh- we're good to go. Yeah, he has whatever that thing is. That means when you get hurt, he gets money. Pay for your recovery. I do get hurt a lot, so... 
that's more money for you. All right, so you get in the uh, Odyssey. Even Steven's driving. Even Steven, you get onto the freeway. Going to the ant hole. Uh, I assume even Steven stays behind the line of buses, or does even Steven use the passing lane? I think after waiting like five minutes behind a bus and realizing they're going real slow, even Steven does signal the pass. <laughs> Alpha snaps at each bus as we pass by one. <laughs> All right. So uh, you drive by this line of seemingly endless line of buses, shuttles, 15 passenger vans, Ford Transits, whatever. And you arrive up at the Ant Hill. And once again, you see the same line of fresh workers and clean clothing heading in. And then the same line of dirty, tired looking workers coming out. But it seems, or it doesn't just seem, you notice that the buses heading out, they were completely full when you left. But now it seems like they're half full at best before they roll out as full busloads of workers unload into the ant hill. And each of you keenly observant superheroes also notice a rather large antenna that is now sticking up. You can see the top of it just past the top of the ant hill. Hmm. Is there any security, any warriors, so to speak, around the antenna? Yeah, you do see here and there, which you hadn't noticed before, but there seem to be Aegis security folks walking around in their uniforms in adorable little formations. Is that new? The antenna? Yes. That was not here before. We fought a mud monster here before. So that is not, that was not here. Oh, it's that new? Like in the five hours we were gone at the mall and it's, they put it up in five hours. That's pretty good. We should get them in touch with the cable people. Alpha just quietly just kind of nods like, sure. And Alpha Wave, even Steven too, you feel that the pulses are stronger now that you're closer to the antenna. They've gotten progressively stronger feeling as you've approached the anthill. And in fact, even Steven, I am going to need another 15 might defense roll. Damn. As this is making you feel quite ill. I got an 18. Okay. So even though the nausea rolls through even Steven's stomach, you manage to, to hold it back and muscle through it. And Steven is all right. So I, I think we should get rid of the antenna. I think that's a good start, right? Sounds like a reasonable plan to me. Okay. Maybe to lure out the next person who's made of mud. Mm. Then we can hunt them too. Yeah. Yeah. Alpha kind of paws at the door handle and just whines at either Steven or Professor to open the door for him. Professor Perilous hops out and then opens the sliding door for him. <laughs> no, no, I'm shotgun. Your shotgun? I think Professor Perilous is yes. very insistent on being shotgun. Absolutely nope. not. Alpha, Alpha, Alpha needs a window to stick mm-hmm. up, stick his head because out. Because there's no like roll-down windows in the second row of a minivan. You are incorrect if you've never ridden an Odyssey. I have not. It's true. You can put those windows down. Really? Mm-hmm. But how does the panel van aspect work? It it still works. It's like the windows are there. You even have like sun visors that you can bring down. And the built-in vacuum. Why is this so fancy? I refuse to Google what a Honda Odyssey. I mean, this Odyssey has manual windows, right? Like, you gotta bring them down, but... <laughs> it's even worse for Alpha. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're out of the minivan. <laughs> and we're gonna start attacking the what's nuts. The antenna. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is there any security around the antenna as we approach? In order to see that, you have to crest the hill. So you, you get up over. Of course, there's a line in and out of the of the anthill hole, whatever that's called. Urethra, probably. <laughs> and you see... Yep, that's def- definitely what they call it. Yeah. yeah. The antenna is much bigger than you may have thought. It's actually a little bit further away than you would have anticipated. You have about 400 feet, which is a really easy number to put into meters for our 333. Wait, no, that's wrong. It's too many. Like 100-ish meters? Yeah, 111. Each meter is about three feet? Yeah. 111 meters away. I don't know if that works. I feel like that works. Close enough. Let us know. (laughs) Spoiler spotted. So... (laughs) And you do see little groups here and there of these security officers marching around. And there is a stationary group near the antenna. So uh, what's your strategy here? Sneaky or brain of fire? How many security guards roughly are just on the outside? Only because if it's like probably more than 10, we probably need to be sneaky. So there are four four-person patrols that you can see. This is a little bit of a hilly area, you know, lightly forested. And by the antenna, you see another group of four kind of in a, like at the four points of the of the compass or at various mm-hmm. points around it facing outward. I think we sneak in, grab some of those pinchy things, sneak in and try to find whatever is below ground. Oh, you want to go back through the tunnels? Yeah, because I think, I think whatever is controlling this is down there. There's more collateral damage possible down there, though. Okay, I don't know what that means, but all right. We might kill more innocent people by engaging in conflict down there. Well, as long as they're saved. What do you think, Steven? I, we should try and lower the body count because I feel like it hurts the franchise when you kill the people buying the products. That's a good point. Why doesn't the franchise just get stronger then if it's getting hurt? We'll, we'll talk about economics and market strategies later. Do I get a sense of the weird from this thing that it is the source of this control? Is the weird, the weird is specifically like the darkness, right? Or is it just something that's weird? The darkness and the magic. So you can sense strange people or things related to your uncanny nature. It's not magic. Okay. As Alpha Wave could sense, and so could, uh, well, it's good any of you having been exposed to it before, I'm sure. It has more of a of a mind power, psychic quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've killed lots of psychics before. I mean, I have not. So you lead the mission. All right. Can I do some sort of like, so I've got, you know, in addition to my sense of the weird, I also have magic training. It's not magic. You've said that. But I also have knowledge, science, and crafting as a skill. So can I roll something to try to determine if it's better to attack the antenna in terms of relinquishing control or better to go underground? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so for that, go ahead. It would be a 15 difficulty before your training. Okay, so that gives me exit of 12. I'm going to spend a whole effort to make it a 9. i say that again because my chair is squeaking. 16. All right. Yeah, you can tell that while the psychic signal is essentially being amplified, uh, presumably via this antenna, mm-hmm. you also sense that prior to this antenna coming online, 
the range of this power was still fairly significant and able to control a large number of people. Okay. So, Alpha Wave, maybe we should just follow your nose. Okay. I don't know what I'm looking for. Now, if my, I don't know what it smells like. Might be able to feel it, though. And if I can, I don't have a specific ability that allows me to do this, but can Alpha try to kind of open his mind a little bit and try to find, like, a giant source of psychic power nearby? For sure. I don't know what I could put into this to make it easier besides just raw intellect effort. Okay. I'm going to put one level of effort into this, whatever the DC is. 12. Ugh. I rolled a three. One level of effort brings it to a six, I guess. You're not sure, but you can definitely tell that, you know, you, you don't, you can't sense the whatever's being amplified, but obviously you get very, very strong energy from the antenna. Steven and Professor see Alpha's ears kind of go down a little bit. And then he looks up at you guys and just, you in your head, down. It's definitely down. I would like to spend an XP for a player intrusion, if you will entertain it. Ooh, <gasps> go for it. What? Because I have dealt with intelligent and psychic villains in the past, can Professor Perilous have some inkling of how this works or what we have to do? Yeah, so what, I mean, the the basic hypothesis would be that some sort of psychic villain is using this antenna to amplify their powers greatly. They were already controlling a good chunk of the city before the antenna came online. And so looking at this antenna, you would think that this could expand their reach into the Tri-City area. Is it consistent with any villains that we may have heard of? This seems very clumsy, almost, uh, in a lot of ways. You know, if a psychic was going to do this, is this sort of a a very specific way to get it done? Okay. I don't think Alpha would know this, but this does kind of now start to feel like maybe this is a villain's kind of debut, almost. Like the anthill thing's super extra. Like someone just realized, oh, I have ant powers. Yeah. I'll make the biggest fucking anthill ever. Yeah. So I bet Professor Perils is like, this is tacky. There's so much better ways to do your intro. So heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who wants to can roll a perception check of 15. Okay. Steven got a 17. 10. I got a 5. Even Steven, as you're looking at the antenna, you realize that it's it's not on a base sitting on the ground. It is sticking up through the earth from a hole. Who's a good boy that wants to dig? And you see the shadow of what might be a similarly sized hole about 50 feet away from the antenna. Steven points at the hole 50 feet away. It's like, I think we found an entrance. Also, why don't, do we own any C4? No, I have it on the requisition list, but they're giving me a hard time about ordering it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to renew the license on our ammunition, heavy ammunition. There's some storage violations from the last franchise. Yeah, we definitely need to figure out some more gigs for the age of security, because I wrote some stuff in the contract there that we can acquire a lot of their material if it's in the course of our work. Mm, but remember, that MOU was simply for that incident. Um, it was, if you remember in the epilogue. Professor Perilous was changing parts of that document. Oh, that's what I get for not listening, re-listening all the way through the epilogue. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, 
Steven's going to start walking towards that hole 50 feet away. Are you attempting to be stealthy in any way? No. Shrink and be stealthy. Lie over there as a small person. That would be so exhausting. Evens are odds, because I feel like odds means Steven would not do that. He would just walk over. Because he already has an upset tummy tum. (laughs) I call evens. Well, I got a 19. I guess Steven's walking. Okay. Steven's just walking over there. No one's stopping him, apparently. So you're just walking? Yup. Unless somebody's stopping him. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, as you walk in that direction, uh, one of the Aegis patrols sees you clearly outlined against the skyline as you come over the top of the hill. And the group of them doesn't make a sound. They just simply turn sharply in unison and start heading your way. How many of them? Four at this time. So as they are starting to head that way, I'm going to toss my ribbons of dark matter into their midst to delay them that spend the entire turn getting out if they want to. Okay. They just sort of, like, continue to expressionlessly struggle. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Alpha, using fleet of foot, is just going to zip over there to the hole. Okay. <laughs> no psychic powers, that's just wolf zoomies. Wolf zoomies? Wolf gets there quick. Natural wolf zoomies. Instinctively skids to a halt at the edge of the hole because as you look down, you realize it is about 75 feet deep. And you see that the the hole has a radius of about 30 feet. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you guys hear in your mind, this hole's a lot smaller back there. Good, good wolf god. Do you want to ride down? Yes. I guess Steven's going to try and carry Alpha down the hole. Okay, and that is the... Well, as you do that, because the patrol is on to you and have been attacked, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Nine for me. Thirteen with my danger sense. I just got a thirteen. So you and Samson have the same slot. You can just choose who's going to go first. Yeah, who wants to go first out of the two of you? Uh, let's have let's have Steven go first. But wasn't Steven going to carry him down the hole? Should we keep fleeing down the hole? Well, I think you got to get to me first. Okay. Steven picks up the Alpha Wave. Like, Steven's also got a fleet of foot. Steven does. Alpha Wave's not small. So this will be an 18 light roll. I will remind you, Alex, that you have muscles of iron. Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like Alpha Wave is helping. I actually can do that. I have the ability to enable others. So you feel kind of your mind kind of open up and like physical abilities you weren't otherwise able to kind of access are now accessible. Oh, I was just referring to how Max is a lot easier to lift when he helps with the uppies rather than dead weights like a fucking piece of shit. Alpha absolutely dead weights. But he's helping psychically mm. strengthen your mind so that you can strengthen your body. Okay, so if you're using muscles of iron and with that assistance, that makes it a 12? Okay. I got a uh, 19. Okay, so you definitely successfully pick up Alpha Wave. Let me tell you what you start to see as you descend, and you can let me know what you want for your minor effect. So as you begin to descend down the hole, you hear a mechanical sound, and you see the top of what might be a large antenna start to come up towards the hole, like through the hole. And you can tell it's not online yet, but you do not have a huge gap between the antenna. It's not super tight, but it's a little tricky, the gap between the antenna and the edge of this hole. What would you like for your minor effect? Assistance and landing. 
safely? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No point in dropping Alpha Wave down a hole. So it is 75 feet down, so it will be your next turn when you get down to the bottom. But yes, you can mm. you can have assistance with that. Okay. So what do these uh, security guys got to do? They have to... They have to spend their whole turn just to get out of the immediate area of the Forbidden Dark Matter. Okay. What does Alpha Wave do? Alpha Wave, I guess, just kind of hangs there in Steven's arms. Okay. Just because nothing else for him to do right now. Not really. Kind of look at the antenna as it continues to slowly elevate next to you. Rise next to you. All right. So the enemies, sad for them. Daniel, what does Professor Perilous do? He far steps to the edge of the hole. I love how mobile he is. It's crazy. Okay. Is that your turn? It's an action for me to do that. I mean, I know it was like a short distance for me to the hole. I can theoretically far step a long distance, but I can't see the bottom of the hole, so I think I have to far step to the edge of the hole first. Okay. And so now we're back to even Steven. We're going to try and land, right? Yep. So you descend about 75 feet. As you do so, you see the interlocking pieces of this antenna as it extends up into the air. And at the base of this antenna, you see all sorts of different cables. You see a couple stations. Uh, But you emerge into actually what is a fairly large cavernous room, but it's not a natural cavern. It's, It's been dug out like everything else around here. And it's kept fairly dark. There are lights here and there, but it is it is almost completely underground. The holes that the antennas, uh, that are there for the antennas help. But most things are cast in shadow. But you do manage to find a spot to land amongst the cables and the workstations. And because you did use a minor effect for this, I'll go ahead and say you managed to land behind some equipment or something like that so that you're not immediately seen. Nice. Okay. Alpha wave. Alpha wave is going to, I think look around, just kind of poke his head out from behind this equipment and see like who's around, any personnel, any workers, any warrior. You, now that you're down here, you both smell and mentally sense uh, how strange this psychic energy really is. And it seems kind of twisted, almost confused, as though whoever it is that is doing this is is just somehow disorganized. Almost, you feel almost like a sense of conflict. Mm. And then even Steven, you get that strong, gross ant vibe, but the sense of absolute uh. wrongness increases as you're able to kind of sense the polar flavor of this power. Mm. Is it just pure on, like, ant vibe, or does it, like, extend to, like, formication? Formication? That's the feeling where you feel like insects are crawling over your body. Oh! Even if they aren't there. No! Uh, you are the day. It's more like now that even Stevens is close to it, it's not just ant. It's like ant, not ant. Mmm. Very weird. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's like a management training session. You guys in your adult words that you say all the time. Your turn will come. So. Gross. I don't want it. The uh, Aegis security officers raise their weapons and fire at Professor Perilous. So go ahead and give me a 12 speed defense roll from this little swarm. They are. Speed defense. Let me see. I am going to spend a level of effort. Okay. To make that a nine. 
And that is a 10. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, nice hope. I for a second thought he failed, and I was like, why are you so happy about That's that? heavy sarcasm. Mm. Daniel's very dry. How, how do you dodge this? How does Professor Perilous do that? I think there's something about, like, the way he flows with his... Because he is a cape figure. Yeah. And it makes it confusing, especially since his cape... Even when he's not consciously using the dark matter, it's always constantly in motion. Like, there are unseen forces playing against it. And so I think the shots go... They're close, but they dodge because they end up hitting parts of the cape that they thought was going to be him. But it's really just the cape flowing around him in response to those dark forces. Throws off their conception of center mass. All right. Mm -hmm. And it is Professor Perilous's turn. I'm going to far step to the bottom of the hole. Okay. You arrive. And... You guys are now out of initiative order, but in rapid succession, you hear four wet thunks as the Aegis security officers. I was going to say that's probably, yep. <laughs> Follow you down the hole. Damn. Can we see them coming down oh, the hole? Oh, they like lemminged off the ledge. Oh, they lemminged off the ledge and hit it. the ground hard. Okay. Are they, I assume they're injured? They're very dead. Very dead. Okay, good. It's fine. <laughs> Professor Perilous makes a note to cross off more dead bodies in his journal. <laughs> <laughs> the secret one that doesn't show to anybody. <laughs> okay, you're out of initiative. Were the only living people, so to speak, in the immediate vicinity? In the immediate vicinity. It's hard to get a sense of how large this cavern is because of the lighting, but you do sense that you are the only living beings at least around the base of these antennas are there any wires or anything like that leading from these antennas oh yes there are large cables running everywhere along with some like workstations and things like that or control panels and they are they are heading away into the darkness is there any sort of central trunk we could follow yeah they do seem to be heading back into the depths of the cave you can see like that there are lights in the distance. You can't necessarily see what's being lit, but that's also where that sense of wrongness is coming from as well. So, mm -hmm. And I think Professor Perilous would, would get a little bit of that too when he gets closer. Yeah, and I think Professor Perilous, like if, if either of you looked at Professor Perilous, you would see his pupils have like split and they're like moving around his eye, like ink from a Rorschach image as he's getting more anxious and you can see like these curlings of dark matter all around his hands. I actually imagine that in this cave, Professor Perilous is actually hard to, like, look at directly. Yeah, it hurts. Like, Alpha can probably smell him easily, but you only see, like, just occasional shadowy movements until we get to, like, light. Yeah, like, he's hard to see because of the dark matter, but and also, if you try to look directly at him, even though it's dark, you still get those sort of, like, after flashes, like, as if you look directly at light. Mm -hmm. And uh, even Steven, as this antenna continues to extend, it does cross your mind that perhaps this is a lot of decibels for, for work with no hearing protection. Oh, fuck. Uh, Professor, do you have any, like, earplugs? No, but I'm really good at stopping people from talking permanently. Well, I was more worried about... Uh, I was more worried about hearing loss for us. Is the sound coming from something specific? The, the tower, the, the the antenna. Oh, well, 
Is there anywhere that looks like a weak point that I could attack with my onslaught? I've got knowledge, crafting, things like that. I mean, so the hole is like a 30-foot radius. These antennas are like a 20-foot radius. Like, these are intense pieces of machinery. They're like bolted down onto the ground with big bolts. The mechanism to extend them seems to be inside. It's like interlocking pieces, like a tension rod. Yeah, but is there a clear power conduit? Oh, yes. There's a very, very large cable uh, that is bolted to the side of it, and it does meet and run alongside a similar cable from the other antenna. Okay. Can I physically unslot it? You can. It is incredibly good construction. So I'm going to go ahead and, well, you're going to hit it. So it's really what, what can this material endure? So mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, it will be a little bit of a scale, but to like wholesale detach this power source or disrupt it, it would need to be, mm-hmm. it would have to be a damn good onslaught. It would, it would be a 24. Okay, so onslaught is used by two steps, so that brings it down to an 18. And to damage it, you would need to 12. So like 24 will take care of business, but if you want like get started and do damage, then you would need it. Well, you'll just do damage, won't you? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's an 18. I'm going to spend a level of effort for easing to make it a 15. And I'm going to spend another level of effort for damage. Okay. 18. Okay. So that will hit, that that meets your threshold for taking care of business. It also gives me plus two damage on top of my seven and seven plus three. So three, no, 10 plus two, so 12 damage. Yeah, so I'm going to say that Professor Perilous was clever enough not to try to go for the, the metal hookup, right? That's bolted on, but for the cable itself. And it seems like perhaps whoever's been maintaining these things forgot to take the climate into account. So it did seem like the external material of the cable was a little bit stressed. You don't manage to sever it entirely, but you do enough that you hear a terrific grinding. You smell burning smoke as gears that want to turn start to lock up and lose power and then finally bless it quiet is that better oh yeah this is this is perfect i am i was gonna say happy but that's a lie (laughs) i am no longer sick there we go that's a that's how we want to call this how about you alpha wave how are your widow ears oh they're fine that's fine I like it as quiet now, but it was, it's fine. Okay. He, uh, surreptitiously brings a hand down near Alpha Wave's mouth and you smell that he has brought some sausages and he's got a sausage for you. Snaps it right up. You hear what sounds like several people in the distance running away. Are they in the direction that the wires were leading to? Yeah. Well, let's go cause more destruction. That's what we do, apparently. <laughs> Except now we get paid to do it and it's okay. Yes, because we're saving people. Sure, that's why we do it. Yes. Your steps echo through this cavern as you make your way towards the light at the other end. And as you come closer, even Steven, can you give me an 18 mic defense roll? Yeah. Um, I, mm, I'm i going to use a level of effort. Okay, that'll be 15. I got an 18. Okay. So that worked out. Yes. You don't know how you keep it together. I don't. As you get closer, everything just feels twisted and wrong in your gut, and you're almost overcome when you lay eyes upon 
what looks to be like a lab table, like a metal table. Uh, And on it is a mostly ant, yet indeterminate, human-sized bug man who has tubes affixed to the shell on his back, you know, through the shell on his back with some sort of like a blue-green glowing fluid. And Professor Perilous, this fluid does have a sense of magic about it. Mm. The fluid going into this Ant-Man or out? Into. And as you guys get closer, Professor Perilous and even Steven, you've seen this creature before, at least on a store shelf. This is none other than Doug the Bug. One of your predecessors. What? Mm. Not Doug the Bug. And on Doug the Bug's weird buggy head, you see a iron crown bolted through the carapace on either side. And on this crown Ooh. are some sort of crystal. It's got a weird vibe. You're not sure. Mm. This doesn't seem right. His action figure didn't come with a crown, did it? Can I do some sort of knowledge or magic or science role to kind of figure out what what this is? Like, if there's a way to free Doug the Bug? Yeah, you can, certainly. So go ahead and give me an, an 18 uh, intellect. That would be lore, magic, or whatever you want it to be. Okay, so that would be a 15. I'm going to spend a level of effort. 12. And that is a 12 on the dot. Okay. So as you look at this apparatus... What what Professor Perilous realizes is that the reason that everything seems so distorted and strange and disjointed is that there's kind of an awful lot going on here. You have Doug the Bug, who you do recall as having some level of psychic ability, not like A-tier hero psychic abilities, but did have some ability to influence people. And the tubes attached to... Doug the bug. The fluid in and of itself is not magical. Mm -hmm. The fluid is coming in and out of Doug the bug. It is recycling for some reason. And you sense that whatever magic is present in that fluid is actually the echoes of whatever power is contained within the crystals on this crown. Oh. Is there a safe way to remove the crown? Or is it like embedded in him somehow? I mean, it's bolted in. It is bolted. Do we want to take off that shiny thing, Bob? I was going to say, let's remove the tubes. We do. It's just a question of how gentle we want to be. I assume he's dead. Alpha is going to try to use his fetch ability on the crown. Billy says I can cause an object to disappear and reappear in my hands or jaws, and it can. It just needs to fit within a five-foot cube. Other than that, it doesn't really have any like specification of... If somebody's holding it, if it's bolted into anything. It's bolted into his head shell. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but um, his my fetchability doesn't really like specify, like, it has to be like a free object or anything. It doesn't say anything like that, so... So we're just decapitating him via sheer force? Well, no, Alpha's just going to try to, like, psychically just take the crown and teleport into his jaws. I would do a roll to remove the bolts, mm-hmm. like unscrew the bolts, so... Okay. We could do... So each bolt... Does this ability just cost? Like, do you just do it, or...? Yeah, it's an action and just three intellect points. That's why I was wondering if, like, if I could do that or if something else would need to happen first. You could. It would be pricey. You would have to do it for every... All four bolts. Okay. 
uh, then Alpha's gonna inform the others that I can't I can't take it off I, it's it's gonna it's gonna tire me out well there is another option as much as I'm hesitant to suggest it that Alpha does like the dog tail head thing I could try to cave in his skull and solve the problem that way I thought we could just rip out the tubes honestly that might work seems a little bit more humane than the for your option and who put the tubes here who did all this this bug doesn't seem like they're capable of doing much else except lie down here and not do anything is this the source of the problem i mean somebody definitely did this to him i don't i can't imagine him actually choosing to do this he was always sort of a goody two shoes mm, shoes yeah well, Alpha's not going to be able to help with any of this due to lack of thumbs, so Alpha's just going to kind of sniff around the room for any other strange sense that might be around. You do pick up the smell of three distinct human beings. It seems a little faded, but not that old, and it is just past this lab table. Or people this way. So you head over there. It's not all that far. You do see a, a much smaller tunnel also emerges from here back, you presume, into the anthill. It is kind of shadowed. And you see three black jackets on the ground with that same circle logo you had heard described before on the shoulder. And they're warmish. Alpha will grab a jacket and bring it back to the others. Just kind of drop it in front of probably Professor Perilous. People. Okay. Seems to me that, like... Those people are important, but we should probably deal with Doug the Bug first. Do we want to tear out the tubing or more chromatic and then move on to find the source? Well, I mean, maybe the implication is he could be saved, but if we do murder Doug the Bug, that does mean more merchandising options for us. That's true. Which one will save you? Well, if we murder Doug the Bug, people will break free sooner, but... However, we may save Doug the Bug if we go investigate the other people soon first. Doug the Bug's in trouble, we should save him. Okay. I was afraid he'd say that. We stopped the buzzing, so I am not as... I don't know how, what I am anymore. But, eh. I don't know what you are either, even Stevens. Both prey and predator. Very confusing. That's how I want it. Mm-hmm. So, yanking out the tubes or going after people? Yeah, people. We're going to give them one chance. One chance. Sigh. But if he gets up and tries anything, you can do whatever you want with Doug the Bug. Okay, let's go. Uh, even Steven, give me a 21 might defense roll. <sighs> I'm going to use the level of effort. Yes. Yes. Nat 20. All right. Ooh. So you are able to resist this almost overpowering, crushing psychic energy. And what would you like for a major effect? Even Steven is going to yell out, fuck you, Doug the Bug, and he's going to rip out the tubes from Doug the Bug. Okay. At first, nothing really happens. I mean, you've you've left tube-sized holes, or the needles on the ends of the tube-sized holes yeah. in Doug the Bug's shell, but about 30 seconds after you do that, Doug the Bug gasps, clacks his mandibles, and sits up. Oh, my head hurts, guys. Oh, who are you? Oh. We are franchise 69420. Wait, that's my franchise. Not anymore. Are you part of the pack? A team? Are you part of the team? Yeah, you've been missing, my dude. So we got your house. So something, something's wrong. Yeah, you've apparently been making people dig tunnels down here. And you got something stapled to your forehead. Oh, that's what I mean. It's like, 
It's like it's my brain power, but it's not my directions. Can Alpha try reading Doug the Bug's mind to get a sense of what he is experiencing? Yeah. So, uh, Doug the Bug, give me a... Or do you just do it? Is that one you have to roll for? If you have to roll, it's going to be 12. Mind reading, he doesn't have to roll for. He just gets the surface thoughts. Yeah. So, Doug the Bug's surface thoughts are pretty slow. Right now, it's a lot of like, whoa, and my head hurts. (laughs) But one thing that you notice that is strange is that it seems like, in comparison, now that you've touched his mind, this psychic power feels very, like, clean and clinical and almost bland, as though it is being filtered somehow before being placed into use. Her mind is weird. My head hurts. Do you want us to unstaple the crown from your forehead? I don't think we're equipped. Doug the bug reaches up with like a praying mantis arm, of which he only has like one, and touches the crown. W- what is this? You tell us. I don't know. I woke up here. Last, last I knew, I was sitting in my favorite armchair. Brittany was talking about cleaning the refrigerator out more or something. I don't remember. <laughs> we did that, and that is now Alpha Wave's chair. It's a good chair. Also, you people with the thumb should take off this thing about. I'm honestly worried I will kill him doing it. There are tools everywhere, if if that is helpful. He was good at tools. Well, Professor Perilous has training in crafting, so he'll grab a tool and start unscrewing bolts. Okay. Yeah, the, um, the people who did this didn't want to damage Doug the Bug's mind, so they're not in incredibly deep, but they're more just the bolts are just affixed kind of through the through the external shell. Professor Perilous is muttering his breath. Amateurs. <laughs> so this will be fairly simple to, to pull these out. Difficult to do some damage, but possible. So go ahead and give me a, a six intellect, because it's crafting. Yeah, so that makes it a three for me. And I'm going to enable others, so it's a freebie. Well, I rolled a 17 anyway, so... Oh, well. <laughs> okay. You do it. It's kind of gross. Pull the crown off of Doug the Bug's head. And give me a 12 magic roll. Okay, so that makes it a 9 for me. 16. So this is a strange type of magic. It's something that is a pretty rare ability to have, but it is something that Professor Perilous has heard of. This feels like null magic, which acts as it can either negate, you know, regular magic, or can also be used to sort of change the character of something. And so you look down upon the jewels around the edge of the crown and you realize you know what these must be. These are the family jewels. (laughs) God damn it. Oh my God. It's the chode and it's the family jewels. And these are jewels that... Last you do, we're in the possession of the old mole imperial family. Mm. Well, this is suspicious. Because it's shiny? It's because uh, we have a former compatriot that is related to these items. Kind of weird. National treasures just end up bolted to missing people's heads. Just say, it's weird. Whoa, guys, my head feels my head feels normal now. Well, like, not normal. To have holes in it? Are there holes in my head? Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. But it can be a look. Maybe bedazzle him. It was already bejeweled. 
Yeah, but he chose these ones. Or he will. So, like, do we need to keep building this anthill, guys, or? No, please stop. You're dumping dirt in the swole hole. And we like a clean swole hole. Thank you very much. All right. And the psychic energy that you had been sensing, which did change in character once the crown had been removed, stops. And even see if you feel like a kind of a lot better. And then you hear thousands of people freaking the fuck out. We saved them. Alpha just kind of zoomies around the table. Saved them. We saved them. <laughs> so do we do crowd control or do we hunt down some individuals farther back in the cave? Hunt. And you feel that come across very strongly from Alpha. I mean, I feel like go get them. I agree. We go hunting. Oh, I meant L hunt. Literally unleash a wolf on them. Come along, Steven. It's better if the whole pack hunts. Consider me the sick and dying at the back. No, sick and dying go forward. They set the pace. Oh, why couldn't it be those distraction wolves? <laughs> or you die first. And Steven starts walking. Professor Perilous hands Alpha Wave another sausage. Snaps it up. It's a real wolf pack, by the way. So you go into this smaller escape tunnel. And, you know, you follow it for a bit, and eventually it emerges out of the base of this hill, a little bit closer to the city than the, the top of the ant hill. And as you come out, you see the hillside just absolutely covered in people from all walks of life as buses are rear-ending each other and fights are breaking out and... People are running in all directions, and you do not see anybody with a circle logo where that, that particularly stands out. It's chaos. Well, now I have murder blue balls. I thought you murdered those four people who fell out in the hole. Yeah, but it, it's not enough. I was really looking forward to murdering whoever had done enough to dug the bug. Doesn't want accidental murder. It wants intentional murder. Is it even fun if you're not trying? I mean, it still counts in my journal, but, you know... <laughs> doesn't feel the same all right so uh i think i left my odyssey let's manage the crowd oh all right go for it <laughs> how are you gonna try to do that this is what i'm gonna do i <laughs> am going to spread my void wings which means that dark matter flows around me and i'm going to fly up into the air on wings and i'm going to shout at the top of my voice and say Everyone remain calm. We'll get you home enough the immediate threat is past. Your local franchise of heroes, 69420, have saved you. Uh, it's difficult to get the attention of these folks, right? But you do notice some of the mm -hmm. now freed Aegis security personnel kind of perk up and turn to you. And you do see them then get on their radios, and there does seem to be some sort of Aegis coordination now occurring. Mm -hmm. They begin trying to get people into lines, offering medical attention, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Can Alpha try to follow the scent of any of the dudes that left their jackets in the crowd? I don't want to make you a role that's just going to be, really is going to be impossible. I do have a stunt boost cipher. Well, then uh, I guess we will say that it is a 30 difficulty... Okay. Level four, so it lowers the task by four, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's six times three? Eighteen? Mm -hmm. Levels of effort. Bring that to a twelve. Um, yeah, we'll try that. Gonna re roll that. 
It's only a seven, but I want to win. 17. All right. You do manage to pick up the scent of one of the people you smelled downstairs. Now, though, I am going to need a crowd navigation roll. It's going to be very hard to navigate this crowd. Sure. Yeah. Because they're not sitting still. I'm a giant wolf in the middle of people who are not. That's true. But people lose their goddamn minds when shit like this goes down. I mean, not having seen an anthill situation like this in person before, but you get what I mean. So, so give me a 21 navigation. 21 navigation. And your compatriots can help get through the crowd. Would you say this is a task requiring focus and or concentration? Yes. I am trained to focus in concentration, so that goes to an 18 at least. Would this be a kind of pool with this pull from? I think if we're arguing a focus concentration task, we will say that this is intellect. Because you have to be very observant and perceptive and watch for gaps and, and rate That's of. Fair. That's fair. Speed and all that jazz, so. Mm-hmm. Two more levels of effort to bring it to a 12. Okay. That's a 5. Yeah, this XP, this XP isn't getting used. So, can we roll that? That's a 6. Now, sit on that. I'll offer you an XP. I've got an XP. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Dr. Perilous is distracting crowd somewhat. <laughs> 7. We're going Do up. Do we need to get another XP? I mean, I'm not really expecting to find these guys. I just thought that'd be a cool, like, end thing to, like, Alpha sees them just as they, like, disappear for good. Let's do it one more time. Let's do it. 12? 12 on the dot, yeah. All right. Yeah, you do catch sight of someone moving rather furtively, has a baseball cap pulled low over their eyes, and unlike everyone else, they're very clearly not freaking out as they clamber down the hill away from town. This person does manage to slip away into the forest, but you have awakened, mind-controlled in a fucking weird-ass anthill. You have discovered the source of the issue. You have rescued Doug the Bug and Brittany, although you haven't seen that for yourselves yet. But uh, I think that's a pretty darn good episode. So, 2 XP for everybody, and let's go ahead and do... Closing scenes for this one shot. Hell yeah. Ooh, I've got one for Steven. Go for it. So back at the office, Steven successfully managed to do a slip and fall incident on somebody's spilled coffee in the break room, getting an insurance payout for the injury he actually got from the being thrown earlier. Steven is very happy and rewarded himself by going to Banana Republic to get a new shirt. Dang, not even the outlet. Straight up Banana Republic. Holy crap. I know. He was fancy. I like how so many of your epilogues uh, involve scams or fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Hopefully this doesn't fuck with future canon, but I think it'd be fun if, like, a day or two later, kind of in the middle of the night, like, Alpha just starts, like, fucking barking and barking and, like, like mentally barking too, and it like awakes everybody in the swole hole up, and everyone comes in to see Prince Ruby has returned, and Alpha is just freaking the fuck out because he's just seen like a giant mole just appear. <gasps> Intruder from his hole. Exactly, yeah. And I think Prince Ruby just like, oh, hi guys, what I miss? Why is there a dog here now? <laughs> and then that's just kind of Alpha's epilogue. All right. I think the final scene for Professor Perilous again assuming it doesn't break future canon. That figure that was in the baseball cap is 
returning to wherever they live during the day, whether it's an apartment or something like that. And as they come inside, they find Alpha Wave and Professor Perilous there. And Professor Perilous has already drawn a circle and chalk around one chair in the room. You and I and my friend here are going to have a very long conversation. And how pleasant it is, is up to you. And his pupils flow around his eyes one last time as the camera goes dark. If I can add a little something something to this. Yeah. Along with the eyes flowing in Professor Perilous, there's also Alpha's psychic corona coming off of Professor Perilous's head. And Alpha also is having his corona go off and has the eyes going as well, as if we're kind of combining our powers for what happens to this poor guy. Mm-hmm. And do you see the sheer look of terror on this guy's face as he leans back uh, in his chair away from these two baddies? And that is where we will end this issue. It was one shot, so quick thoughts from everybody. I like that we saved Doug the Bug. Yes. Especially since that is a callback to our first one shot. Yep. Because Doug the Bug was mentioned, which was a nice touch. Honestly thought I was murdering him. I really like that very slowly we are kind of building up a wider mythology. Like with the um, family jewels being the fucking royal jewels of the old mole empire. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Doug the Bug and the Aegis Security and whoever those fucking goons in the black mm-hmm. are. I like it. I really like the episodic feel. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Little arcs. And also how our people are just terrible people. Uh, my characters love being heroes. I'm sorry. Didn't you just go to murder somebody with other people? Well, he's a wolf. That's just part of it. But he wants to be a hero. Yeah. Wolves are terrible people. Mm-hmm. Might be a great wolf, but you're a terrible person. <laughs> Why would you be mean to a dog? All right. So we do have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. This week it is Daniel's turn. Daniel, what would you give our listeners an XP to check out? I would give them an XP to check out a book by T. Kingfisher called What Moves the Dead. I think it probably qualifies as a novella. It's relatively short. It is a retelling of Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, the difference is, is that it is in this one, Alex Easton, a retired soldier, receives word that their childhood friend is dying and race to the ancestral home of the Ushers to be with them. Madeline Usher is currently suffering from a variety of illnesses. Her brother, who served with Alex in the war, is also seems to be losing it. He seems like very weakened. It's very cool because Alex Easton is actually a gender flipped character. So Alex Easton comes from a culture, this, you know, fictional nation that has like 13 different genders that are assigned. And so initially she would have been considered like a woman. But when she joined the army and swore to the army, she got a new pronoun that's just used for soldiers. And and they go to investigate this and they find out that not only is she ill, but there's something wrong with the wildlife. The hares move strangely in the fields, and there's something wrong with the fish in the nearby lake. And with the help of a British woman who is an amateur mycologist who happens to be studying the fungi of the area, and a very baffled American doctor who is there to try to supposedly help treat the ushers, they encounter a threat that they need to solve before. The Usher family is destroyed once and for all. So 
Really good. It's very tense. It's really well written, as always, with T. Kingfisher. Really good premise. It's really fun to see that classic Poe story kind of reimagined in this context. And yeah, I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's something I read through earlier before I recommended the Twisted Ones. I read the Twisted Ones, and then I immediately read this after it, and it was so good. So, What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Okay, see... I was going to ask, like, have you recommended a Fisher book, before, a Kingfisher book before? Because I feel like I heard the author's name. Yeah, I've recommended a couple. So I've recommended the Twisted Ones before. T. Kingfisher is a pen name for Ursula Vernon. It's the same person, Ursula Vernon's her real name. So she also wrote Nettle and Bone, which is another book that I recommended prior to. And she's written a ton of stuff. Mm. She's all over the genres. She uses T. Kingfisher for her more horror-based books. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, if someone wants to reach out to us and talk to us about this episode or what moves the dead, how can they do that, Samson? They can find us on our internet social medias. Find that we have a website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, you'll see our socials are as followed. On Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcasts. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.camp. But honestly, just come to our Discord. That's the best place to hang out with us and ask us questions about stuff, whatever, books, podcasts, anything. You can find that at explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorerswanted is a great place to support us, support the show, allow us to keep making episodes and all that. Also, you can support us by using our Dice affiliate code with Die Hard Dice. Just type in Explorers Wanted and get 10% off your order when you order something from Die Hard Dice. I assume it doesn't work anywhere else. No, probably not. But you should try it just in case. Not yet, at least. Until we find more. <laughs> if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing you can do is to tell your friends about us, why you like the show, why they should listen to it, why your future relationship with them is dependent on them listening to Explorers Wanted. <laughs> Second best thing you could do is to leave us a five-star rating review on Podchaser or apple Podcasts. thank you so much to all of you who have already done that and if you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was meh well questions about when will it end who will remember you afterwards how will you cope with the reality of that the reality is always both more and less than you hope who will be broken by your absence and how many of them will be the people you expect your loved ones your enemies or someone in between that you don't think of. If you knew what it would mean to those people, what would you change in how you behave? How can you leave a better legacy? Or is it already too late? If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.camp on Mastodon. I'm stuck in a void where Max is farting, and it is terrible. He <laughs> farted in my face this morning. It was the worst. And now I'm going to have pink eye. I'm Real T Unicorn on Twitter and T with the Unicorn on Twitch. Yeah, that's how you get pink eye. Max farts in your face and on your pillows because he doesn't want it you seeing anyone but him. <laughs> what a power move. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap for us. I hope you have a good night, day, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. And bye. 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 bye.